Everyone here. Right. Hello, good evening, and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, the QPR podcast. We won on Saturday. Everyone, relax, breathe, and wait until tomorrow for more dreams. Anyway, first of all, you can find us on Twitter, on the usual places, and Facebook. You know all that crack. Um, thanks very much to Paul Curtis, who I think is a Paul Curtis that lives in New York for the, the, the beers and stuff. Appreciate it. Thanks a million for doing that for us. And, um, yeah, anyone else that wants to buy us beers, please do so. And um, you can do that via the Twitter link as well and the Facebook grid. Right, I'm joined tonight by my fellow old mucker and regular. can't believe I just said old mucker. Mm. That sounded really bad. <laughs> um, Chris Charles. Hello, how from, are you? Oh, hang on, from BT Sport. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. Get that right. Okay. Of course, I'm Paul Finney from Barnet. Um, for a few other places across the sea, which we won't talk about. Um, I'm joined by Tom from Love for Woods. How are you doing, Tom? Okay, thank you. Thanks. And what me. and what do you do for a living? Can you say? Do you I, work? I can. I can direct the marketing comms. Quite dull. Oh, <laughs> it's better than driving a van. And we are blessed to have a, a football oh. weekly regular. A football weekly occasional. Okay, I just bigged you up. Thanks for <laughs> Michael Han, also writer, music writer in the Guardian. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure. Any other strings to your bow you want to talk about while you're here? Well, I'm actually leaving The Guardian at the end of oh, next ooh. month after 16 years. So if anyone out there wants to pay me large sums of money to <laughs> nah. write things, I am available. Excellent. Uh, I, that, that... I, I would offer the same, but you wouldn't want my, my ramblings of dyslexia mania. <laughs> oh, really? So that, that's a big shift. It is a big shift. But, you know, the time has come. I'm just... There are many reasons we don't really need to go into here, no, but, no. but it, it is of my own free will, I need to say. Oh. But I've got some ideas for books, I've got some things I want to do, and um, but really we all know I'm just going to lie on the sofa watching sport all day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, you, you, you look after your figure, mate, don't be going sitting, but kind of turning into a case potato. Right, on Saturday we won, mm, and we won well, and not only won well, we actually bossed the game, the truth be told, um, and I, I personally think that... Um, I'm not getting carried away by one result, but I'm getting carried away. I think that's it. We're going to win the league and next <laughs> season win the league properly. Champions League, the works. We're, we're going places now. What do we think? One win, can we do it to dream? Are we safe? I think we're probably just about safe. Um, I think there are worse teams below us, but I wouldn't get carried away by one win. A lot of people got carried away after the first day of the season when we beat Leeds 3-0 yeah. and beat them comfortably, beat them out of sight. Although Leeds were a terrible team that day, the one day this season they have been a genuinely terrible team. And Birmingham, from what I can tell, I wasn't there, but from what I can tell, Birmingham appeared to be a genuinely terrible team as well, well on Saturday. I was there, uh, they were awful. But you still got to beat them, and they missed some absolute rotten sitters as well. Well, the, the good thing as well, if we can put some results together and stay up with a certain degree of comfort, is that we're spared the prospect of yet another managerial change in the summer and yet another mm. transfer yeah, window bollocks up, where we're going by five <laughs> and six new players, and yeah. and once again we're left with trying to shunt out a load of other players. I mean, it would be just it would be nice to have a squad where the big question on people's minds was was not. Who are we going to sell? You know, because and it's never who are we going to sell to get a load of money. It's it's who are we going to sell to just get them out of the bloody club. Mm, good point. Yeah, yes. I mean, I said this a couple of weeks ago, and I think if you want to, Joey Barton's term was bad eggs, wasn't it? But um, I think all, certainly all the big earners, apart from Cork, who's off his, off in Russia at the moment. Mm. Um, uh, I mean, what was what was great to see on that 
that thread was uh, the team spirit uh, when when the fourth goal went in. Yeah. That picture that's circulated yeah. around. Um, every, everyone to a man is happy. They're smiling. They're glad to be there. Um, I don't. I don't speak volumes. I think, and uh, you know, it's baby steps, isn't it? You're not going to sort of achieve everything you want to achieve in the in the first few weeks. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think the performances have been coming. I think second half against Huddersfield, um, we look pretty good. I mean, and as well, like at the start of the game against Huddersfield, no one was quite sure about the selection and who was supposed mm. to be playing where. But as against Birmingham, everyone seemed to know what they were doing, where they were supposed to be. I mean, you were there, weren't you, Paul? I was indeed. I was there with my daughter. Um, sober. Your no. daughter was sober. <laughs> yeah, that made a change. No, she needs change. a drink to go out with him. No. Yeah, exactly. I have still not seen Freeman or Smith because I was away for the Huddersfield game, didn't make it to Birmingham on Saturday, and I'm not going to see him tomorrow night because I've got to take my daughter out. So tell me what is good about Smith and Freeman from someone who hasn't yet seen them. Smith wins everything in the air, and you can see that he's going to supply a lot of goals once him and Connor seem to be linking up really well. Freeman is just someone who loves drum with the football, which we haven't seen for... Reminds me a lot of Lee Cook, actually. Um, no nonsense, will run with it, smart, intelligent passing, and defenders are scared of him. Do you think that Freeman is going to mean that Shadipo's not going to get near the first team for the rest of the season? Well, he's out on loan, is he? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is he? Yeah. I missed that. So, um, yeah, I, but yeah, I think... Because I, I was a bit surprised by that. I quite like Shadipo. He's quite raw, but... Um, Holloway's obviously decided he needs to go and get a bit of experience somewhere else and to be fair it seems to have worked for Darnell Furlong which mm, yeah. again was another one I was like well does he really need to go on loan again and it was nice to see him back in the team I wasn't there unfortunately either um, not often I wish I was in Birmingham instead of London but Saturday <laughs> was one of those days And um, but by all accounts he had a very tidy game probably his best game since he's come back for us um, he was very composed yeah but that comes by having players in front of him that he knows will well he, he and Jolek seemed to mm-hmm. link up very well together I mean, we first saw it in the Reading game didn't we but they seemed to make a really good pairing mm, on yeah. the wing those two so Tom where do you normally sit in the ground then uh, I've got a season to get at the back of PU so right in the corner alright um, and have, how do you think things have gone since Ian arrived uh, broadly speaking well I think we're in a better position than we were when he took over in terms of, as you just, you know, leading to the squad, looking uh, a bit stronger, the way we're playing, looking a little bit more coherent. I don't think, you know, everything he's done has been spot on. I think it's taken a little while to, to, to find this, the team and the, the setup that works. I still think we've got to, we haven't quite solved the home performances and, and how we should set up at home versus away um, when, when teams invite us to have the ball and come on at us. But I think, broadly speaking, it's going in the right, the right direction. Well, that's the... I mean, I've got some stats here. I mean, there were people were going, banging on about possession being nine-tenths of the law, etc., etc. But against Birmingham, we had 38% possession. Against Fulham, um, when we you know gave a good account of ourselves, we had 25%. And against Reading, when we won quite comfortably, even though it was 1-0, we had 28%, which I think tells its own story, really. And I said last week that I think at the moment we're better set up to play away than we are at home. And again, there's, there's more stats about that. Um, uh, just Jack Supple on Twitter said, QPR have won as many away league, league games this season, six as they did in the previous two campaigns combined. And I looked up at the home, they do, there's a home and away championship table you can look up online. In the home one, we're in the bottom three, I think four points from safety. In the away one, we're 10th, two points off mm. the playoffs. Well, the interesting thing about QPR's away play and the way that we're counter-attacking is that for, I don't know, four or five years, that's been the single thing that QPR could never do. I mean, Mm. good teams break at speed and in numbers 
what QPR were doing under Redknapp, under Hughes, under Chris Ramsey, under Hasselbank was attacking one or two slowly, which meant we never posed any sort of threat. Yeah, we have Mr. Connor Washington on the phone. Connor, thank you so much for joining us. Um, that goal on Saturday wasn't bad. Did you did you enjoy that? Yeah, it was a nice one. Uh, it obviously meant a lot to me and a lot to the team more than anything. Um, we needed to get that second goal to sort of kill the game off at 1-0. It's always really dangerous in the championship. So, yeah, the second goal was really important. And um, as a striker, it's important just to keep scoring, to be honest. Yeah, you've you've gone from I think if my uh, facts are right here three goals in twenty five to three and five, which as we all know should have been four and five. So what's the secret? What what what's what, what's changed uh, in that intervening period? Um, I, I guess the system probably suits me a lot more now than it has in sort of previous games. Uh, the last five games of we've sort of played a three five two mixed in with a three four three, but personally I've, I've just always played in the two my whole career and. Just, I think it's just what I feel comfortable with and what it's the position I feel like I've got the most confidence in to, to go out and do what I do sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, it was clear to those of us watching that sticking you out on the left or as a lone striker wasn't wasn't really playing to your strengths and, and mm. yet maybe we've just answered the question. I mean, you and, and that Smith fella's not bad alongside <laughs> you, is he? <laughs> yeah, he's been absolutely brilliant, to be honest. Uh, it's uh, It has been really enjoyable playing with him so far and we sort of haven't even begun to strike up, uh, strike up a relationship yet so I think when things do start to click and we're a bit more vocal with each other on the pitch uh, it could be a really formidable partnership Brilliant. Do you think Connor that and when you joined the club you were played in, in odd positions out on the left and as a lone striker and you were also making the step up a division mm. um, was it the system or was it the step up that you found harder to deal with at first at QPR? Um, I think, like you say, it's probably a mixture of both. Um, I think coming from the lower leagues, you always, uh, and obviously the, the journey I've had from, from the lower leagues, I think there, is, there is always that nagging doubt when you do step up another level. Can I do it at this level? I've done it at the, the level below. Can I do it at this level? Um, so maybe that, that was a part of it. Um, but if I'm honest, it, to me, it just felt like I was playing in the wrong system sort mm. of for my skill set. Um, the way we were playing at the time didn't didn't particularly suit me. A lot of the lads didn't really understand my game, um, didn't know too much about me and had been used to playing a certain way um, mm. for quite a while. So I think sort of me coming in and running behind and wanting to get in behind teams was a little bit sort of new to, to QPR. Okay. I mean, and Connor, you've, you've obviously been here now for, well, is it about a year, roughly speaking? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, in that time, what what part of your game do you think you've had to develop the most in terms of that step up? Um, I think I think awareness is probably the biggest thing, if I'm honest. Um, just and just sort of adjusting to the pace of the game. Um, it's, it is a lot quicker than, than League One. You don't get as much time. So if you are going to get shots off, you need to be aware where the defenders are, where mm. your next pass is, where your next movement is. And I think it's something that's, that's definitely coming. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have conversations with the gaffer and Les Ferdinand regularly about it and it's something that it's, it's an ongoing process and I think you, you don't really ever stop learning. So I'm keen to do that and keen to improve my game sort of any way I can. So. Right, Connor, as you can hear from my accent, I'm Welsh, no, seriously. Um, <laughs> um, the Euros, I went out for three of the games and, with my mate, and um, it was the best time. Was that kind of 
a good time, but a wee bit frustrating as well because you weren't a QPR regular at the time as well. But and, and going out to a major championship like that, and, and what was that experience like? Did it play against the best in Europe? Yeah, it was just incredibly surreal. If I'm honest, like looking back now, it doesn't actually seem real. Um, sort of total dreamland <laughs> from from the minute I got in the squad. Um, it was just, it was unbelievable. Uh, the, the six weeks we had out there were, were great, and just really enjoyed it playing against the best. The Germans were a bit good, weren't they? Yeah, they're too good to be honest. Uh, it was, it was a strange one to play in the game. Um, because you sort of don't realise how good they are, but I sort of had the had the opportunity to watch the game in qualifying and to watch them pass and move and see it from see it from the sideline was uh, sort of a totally different matter altogether. Well, you represented QPR in a major tournament, the first player to do so for quite a while, and um, you've done his proud out there as well, fella. Just the, the wheels game was a wee bit too far for us, and um, one of them things, unfortunately. But going back to QPR. How do you things see things developing now? What, what's your ambition at Rangers to settle down and make that place your own and, and score forty goals a season? I suppose <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, it's exactly it's exactly that. To be honest, um, sort of everything else in my life is is perfect at the minute. Um, got a great environment to do it in, and I'm enjoying being at the club with with a really good set of lads as well under a good manager. So there's no, there's no reason why I can't. I think sort of I'm showing showing what I can do now and I'm getting chances every game which is really important as a striker um, I went through a, a really obviously barren spell of scoring but I felt like I was on a barren run of actually getting any chances and sort of coming out like it'd be nice to come out of a game and think oh, I've missed a few there because you know you've been in the right place and you know you're, you're doing the right things but there was a few games I'm coming out of thinking I don't know where the goals are coming from here so it's um, yeah, it's just it's really nice at the minute just to be in the environment where I'm getting chances, the lads are creating chances, I'm creating chances. We look like we're going to score a lot of goals. Let me ask you, Connor, about playing at Loftus Road because QPR fans we like to boast that Loftus Road on its night with the crowd right on top of the pitch is you know the best atmosphere in football. Unfortunately, in the year or so that you've been with us, you won't have experienced that. <laughs> uh, you've experienced a lot of griping from the crowd, a lot of periods where there's almost complete silence around Loftus Road. I imagine the times when you've been able to hear some of your teammates, no naming names, being abused by sections of the crowd. Does that actually make it more difficult for you as a player to have no support almost for the team and to have the t- members of the team being picked on? Or are you able to isolate that and just get on with your own game? Uh, I think we'd, we'd like to say it doesn't it doesn't affect us, but I think maybe even just on a subconscious level, your mm. maybe your anxiety levels are a little bit higher. You're desperate to do the right thing, so you, sort of, you don't get hammered and and whatever. But I think the most important thing I've noticed and have spoken to the few lads about is um, if you start the first five ten minutes really high tempo, really high press. Not doesn't have to necessarily be sort of pass, 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 possession football. But if you start on the front foot and you look like you're going to be getting around teams and sort of putting teams under pressure, the, the fans really get with you. And I think there's been a couple of games, especially the Burton game, sitting on sitting on the sidelines, we didn't we didn't look at it from that first five minutes and the crowd sensed it and then it's sort of like a, mm. it's just a vicious circle from there, really. We don't look at it, the crowd aren't happy and then sort of that, that uh, seeps into the, the game. 
Connor, I uh, love the somersault celebration, by the way. Um, I think Silla might need to work on his a bit, though. <laughs> 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 uh, perhaps, perhaps give him a few tips in training. But, I mean, on that note, the team spirit, that, the photograph that's been circulating, we were talking about this earlier, looks fantastic. I mean, if ever a picture spoke a thousand words, it was when Yenny scored that fantastic free kick and you all mobbed him. And that, that picture is just sheer joy, everyone happy to be there. Is, is that what it's like? Are you all pulling for each other? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think um, you, you guys can probably see that from the performances, to be honest, um, in, in sort of recent weeks that everyone's probably running a little bit further, everyone's doing a little bit more. Maybe not out of sort of consciously, but everyone, like you say, is pulling in the right direction. I think I think that's down to the gaffer, to be honest. Uh, he's so positive and he's desperate for us to have that, that team spirit and that mentality that we're all in it together, so... I mean, are you all are you all sort of mates generally? Do you all get on together? Is, does Ollie sort of organise any sort of social activities or anything for you to you to all go on? Uh, no, we do we do do that ourselves. To be fair, we go out for dinners and things like that. Um, and the lads are really close. To be honest, it is a really tight knit group. Um, you don't know how really enjoyable to be a part of. You don't know how glad that makes me feel. Mate. That's, uh, <laughs> we haven't had that for a long, long time. Yeah, I mean, Connor, it's, uh, it's yeah. It's, yeah, ever since I've come through the door, it, it's been it's been a tight knit group ever ever since I came in the door. But I think um, a lot obviously a lot of people have got their own agendas, etc. But at the minute, everyone's pulling in the right direction, and uh, everyone wants the team to do well, even the lads that aren't playing, which is uh, it's a really hard sort of atmosphere to actually create. Brilliant. And in terms of, I mean, Connor, in terms of looking looking ahead, I mean, you know, obviously this season we want to finish the rest of the season as well as we can. Is there? Already talk, um, you know, from from Ian and, and across the squad in general about what the aim and objective would be next year. Um, no, not not as such. To be honest, um, I think that where we are in the table at the minute doesn't really give us that luxury. Um, so we just need to win sort of the next three or four games, which I think we're more than capable of. I mean, the Blackburn game was obviously a really disappointing one to lose, and I think if you stick an extra three to six points on us, we're we're in a much better position and, and we can sort of start talking about those things but I think the gaffer will be really really keen to get us in for a pre-season sort of himself and mm. work on the shapes and the, the systems that he wants to and I think we'll be better for that. Uh, on that front with, with Ollie, I mean we've obviously as fans um, you know, enjoyed his previous reign immensely and, and had a fair amount of success under him but he does seem quite a different manager tactically <laughs> from when we, uh, we, he was last with, with QPR. You know, in terms of other managers you worked on, is is he quite tactical? Um, you know, in, in terms of the shape and formations and way we're playing. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. To be fair, he um, he really wants us to be able to play three or four systems, which is something I think that <clears throat> obviously through his analysis and things like that that he's done over the past few years that he's seen is sort of necessary for a championship team now. Um, the, the need to be able to play two or three different systems to suit different games, different oppositions, etc. But more often than not, he wants us to focus on ourselves and play our own game and sort of nullifying any threats from the other team. Sort of, it comes in comes secondary into that game plan. Is it is it strange for the players, Connor, having a management team, Ollie and Birch, who are kind of dyed in the wool QPR now? Because while we all like to imagine that the players at our club <laughs> love the club, we, we know that's not true. We know it's, it's your job fundamentally. And you may develop an affection for the club over time, but it's your job. But for Ollie and Birch, there's a real emotional connection to QPR. 
does it make it hard sometimes for you to understand why they are so passionate about the club? Um, no, I don't think so. I think, like like you say, it is our job. But at the end of the day, we we are desperate to win football matches because we know we know what it means to to everyone, sort of thing, and what it means to yourselves. I think you don't become a footballer without having that sort of desperate need and want to win football matches. Um, so I think we sort of have the same passion, maybe from a, obviously from a different perspective. But we're all like like I said earlier, we're all pulling in the same direction, and they're searching. Uh, the gaffer's passion just sort of add to that I think what you need to do as well a wee bit of advice is sit Mark down and ask him about his Jerry Taggart story <laughs> and um, really? uh, and then go and ask Jerry about it yeah. <laughs> when nor and I because his story is he told it in the podcast mm. and it was hilarious yeah. it really is one of the funniest things the whole Holloway thing and everything from start to finish in fact if you get them both to tell it in front of the whole team it was flipping brilliant <laughs> So when you get a chance, that's a few good stories to be fair. Oh, I bet he has. Yeah. <laughs> is, have you found him actually as a, as a person and his enthusiasm? Because he he must be like a well, we know we've we've interviewed him on the podcast. He's like a million miles an hour, isn't he? Yeah, he's. If I'm honest, he's been really good for me since he came in the door. Um, sort of the management style that I seem to get the best out of and get the best out of me is sort of somebody that sort of puts their arm around me, talks to me, and lets me know sort of what he wants me doing and if I'm not doing the right things and. I don't. I didn't necessarily have that under under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I think he's a brilliant manager. I think he'll go on to do great things. But on a personal level, I just I found that we didn't have that sort of connection. Whereas with the gaffer, I find that he's always he's put me into his office uh, from the minute I came in and said he would have signed me anyway. He, I'm the sort of player he likes, and whether he meant that or not, it it did mean a lot to me, and it's nice to hear. So yeah, and and I was just gonna. I'd... Add um, with because you obviously had quite a new face, a few new faces come in in the transfer room, mm. and a few go out. Um, how are the lads settling in? I mean, it seems like you know some of them have, have, have been there for, forever. Yeah. You know, they slotted straight in. Yeah, I think when when we've got when you're signing players of sort of the caliber of uh, Luke Freeman, Matt Smith, and sort of all the other lads, um, <clears throat> it's, it's sort of hard for them not to fit in because they're just such good players in general. Uh, I mean, look, I played against Luke. Uh, numerous times and he's been absolutely brilliant <laughs> against me every single time so. <laughs> and as a striker it's having players like that that are creative want to get on the ball and want to play forward is is absolutely vital and obviously the big man's come in and given us that that real physical presence up front and <clears throat> occupies the two centre-halves for me to run around yeah, I, I mean, one player we haven't seen yet really is, is Ravel Morrison. Um, but by all accounts, I think I heard Ollie speaking the other day, just saying he's still, you know, getting him up to speed. But is he he slotted in okay with everyone? Yeah, no, he's a really good lad. Um, he's one of those players that has a bit of a bit of a bad boy tag, etc. But I've not seen any of that to be honest. Um, what I've seen of him is outrageous technical ability and training. To be honest, I was just going to ask that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we've all seen that goal for, I think it was England under-21s mm. um, that's, that did the rounds on YouTube where he just scored this impossible goal in training. If you haven't seen it, look it up. But yeah, I mean, he, he's got a box of tricks. Yeah, yeah, he's brilliant. Um, so the amount of people that have come out and at the top of the game and said what a player he is and just, I've seen it firsthand now. He just glides past people and just makes football look so easy. Um so I think once he gets fit and raring to go, I think he'll be a real great addition as well. Brilliant. Connor, I've got a slightly uh, slightly left field question. Just uh, Alex Smithies, in training, does he save all the penalties? <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
not just all the penalties, he saves everything. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh we have we have a good laugh actually, you know, um, in shooting drills, etc. He's, he's he's absolutely brilliant and he's he, just playing against players like him and um Matt Ingram as well and even the young lads since I've come from uh since where I've come from just makes you a, just makes you a better finisher because you have to be on your game to sort of get any goals past them. Uh, Connor, what, one of the players who's had stick from QPR fans, not not from around this table, is Neda Manua. Um, tell us what he brings to the team as captain. There, there are a lot of us who defend him, but equally there are a lot of people who just think he's not a natural skipper. Now, obviously, I realise you're not going to go into a podcast and say no, he shouldn't be skipper. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> but, but, but tell us, tell us what tell Ned us what Ned brings to the pitch. Um, it's just the just the calm influence. I think he's not not necessarily a skipper that. He's going to scream at people on the pitch. Um, a lot, of, a lot of the work he does is off the pitch as a skipper. I think he's actually, obviously, it's easy for me to say it here on the podcast, but he's the best skipper I've had as a professional. Um, and on the pitch, I think he leads by example. He's strong in the tackle. Uh, he's, he's always calm, composed, and um, he has little chats with everybody in the game. He, I think we hear a lot that, he, that the fans don't think he speaks. He's constantly talking on the pitch, maybe not <laughs> people, but he's constantly telling you, well done, or you need to up your game, or come on, or he's just constantly talking. And I think if you speak to Grant Hall or uh, Lynchy, any of the centre-halves, and Alex Smithies, they'll tell you the exact same thing, that he's constantly marshalling people in his own way, and um, he's sort of indispensable, I think. Brilliant. Uh, one last one from me. Uh, just to edit. obviously, we've got Wigan tomorrow night, which will be tonight when people are listening to the podcast. Very confusing, but um, <laughs> all the lads up for that. I mean, I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get another win under a belt and then then kick off for the rest of the season. I, I think the only way we can get the playoffs is win every single game, which probably <laughs> isn't going to happen. But a strong start will definitely bode well for next year. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past us. To be fair, I mean, I've, I said it a few times, but I mean, the Barnsley thing last year was just absolute madness. Obviously, I was in League One last year with them. Mm. They were bottom of the league at Christmas, or very close to it, and ended up winning the playoffs, which is still amazing to me now, if I'm honest. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, never say never. Um, but we're just going to have to take every game as it comes. Yeah. Uh, it's, it is hard to win games in the Championship, it's one thing I have noticed. Mm. Um, you can play really well and have loads of shots and lose 1-0, like Blackburn. Um, sort of absolute killer. Yeah. But, yeah, I think it is really important for us to put in some really good performances at, at home, show the fans what we can do, and I think that's something we haven't haven't really done over the recent weeks. All of our good performances have come away from home, so it'd be nice to give the home fans something to cheer about. Definitely. All I'm asking for, Connor, is a good World Cup campaign, really. <laughs> um, and when you score your hat-trick tomorrow night, if someone could celebrate in front of G-Block, because we're always ignored at G-Block, no one ever celebrates in front of us. <laughs> you know, we feel like lost souls sometimes. We, we watch it all and we go there every week and no one celebrates with us. So if you, when you score your hat-trick tomorrow night, just give G-Block a wee wave. That would be great. But Connor, G-Block, will do. <laughs> you're a good man. But listen, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. And I'm loving the fact that your journey into professional football has gone so well and long may that continue and rise and rise and rise with them hopes on you fella because um, I'm sure you'll do as proud in, in the months to come and next season as well fella so but thank you so much for coming on and best of luck at the Rangers which is more important than anything thanks for having me no worries fella cheers mate take, take care, care. Cheers, bye what a man what a lovely fella nice man what a lovely fella I loved your question about the captain and he answered yeah, it brilliantly absolutely. there you go and um 
getting the feeling that Jimmy Floyd has to bang in and get the Christmas card. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite diplomatic there. Well, reasonably. <laughs> yeah, still no Christmas card. Like, well, it, it doesn't um, come as a surprise, given his uh, yeah, Hasselbank's demeanour. It, it yeah. was a weird thing, though, wasn't it? Hasselbank buying him and then shunting him all over the place yeah. when everyone... Everyone knew. Yeah. I'm sure Hasselbank knew that that was not where he should be playing. I don't know if that was to do with Les Ferdinand and Jimmy Jimmy Floyd having some kind of power struggle over who should be signing mm. and Hasselbank playing him out of position to make him look not good enough. I have no idea, but it was one of the baffling things, one of the many baffling things in the QPR reign of Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Now, Hasselbank, when he was manager of Burton, Washington scored two goals against his team in one, if not both games. I mean, I think that was the reason. Okay. I do think it was a Hasselbank signing, yeah. which makes it even more... Peculiar. But not from playing out on the left. No, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a strange thing. I think if Jimmy had assigned Messi, he probably would have stuck him in goal. Just to be different. I mean, maybe I... But anyway, he is gone. But we, we should say that peculiar positional selections can work out. I mean, Ian Holloway has a man who is not unfamiliar <laughs> with the peculiar positional selection. And the, the Grant Hall <laughs> one... Yeah. But the Grant Hall one is working. Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and That's I've got to say, brilliant. that was one where I was thinking, oh my God. God, what's he doing? Yeah. But well, my, my son now refers to... Oh, oh, he only ever calls Grant Hall. Grant Hall midfield maestro. <laughs> he was know. superb on Saturday, actually. And he's been in that position with, with Lynch and Ned behind him. Yeah. He's much better yeah. and, and stronger. But Darnell really played well. And Bidwell had his best game I've seen for a long time as well. So it seems to be that he's given the confidence that he will step into the middle, take the ball away, and we've got players that can damage sides. It just gives us that flexibility when you know teams are pressing on us, we drop back to the back three, it makes us much more secure you know, in terms of against big man. You've got always one centre-half spare if they're playing two. And then when we've got the ball, Hall is now being encouraged to push into that space into midfield, and he's got the composure on the ball to do it. What, what I like about Hall, I mean, he had, didn't have such a great time at the end of last season, and... I'm sorry, the theme for me tonight seems to be our fans turning on our players. <laughs> and I thought that some of the criticism we got at the tail end of last season was crazily unfair. Because he's, he's the first central defender, defensive player at QPR we've had in a long time, in whom I think when the ball is coming through to the air towards him, it's fine, he'll deal with it. Or when a striker is running in on him, it's fine, he'll deal with it. And I don't know, it might even be Adam McDonald and Darren Peacock that is the last time I can think of that kind of security that we had at the back. Well, when mm. we did the podcast with Ollie a few weeks back, before we, uh, I think it was before or after, we were having, a, having a chat with him off air, for want of a better word. Um, and he just said to me, you know, who do you like? Who, who do you like at the club? And I sort of mentioned a couple of players and Grant Hall was one of them. And he said, you know, I've been thinking of playing him in midfield. <laughs> and I thought he was bonkers. I thought, well, he's surely not going to do that. And I went along with it said, all oh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but amazingly, nurse, it's nurse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but was, but he, he also went on, on record, as if I remember right now, I don't know, because my memory's not what it used to be, sadly, of really being excited by Conor Washington mm. and saying that, you know, he was a natural finisher. He was yeah. really, and, and you can hear from what Conor said that it's working. I think that's what Holloway will do. How long he does it for, whether it's one year, two seasons, whatever. But he will make players stand 10 feet tall sometimes. And that's what we need. Whereas with Jimmy, I don't think he was able to do that so much. The, the other good thing about Ollie in recent weeks has been the way... I mean, when he first came back, some of the things he was saying seemed a bit needlessly divisive. Mm. You know, some of his remarks about mm. foreign players... Um, I was getting a bit worried about what this might mean, but it's good to see that those players have been reintegrated into the club, uh, into the team. Uh, some of them are shining. And I'm really hopeful that we can see some more of Yenig, who we've seen so little of for various reasons. Now, when he made his debut um, 
in the League Cup, wasn't it, against Rochdale? Now, admittedly, it's only Rochdale, but there looked to be something really exciting about him. And I'm hopeful that if we can see some more from him, see him getting into the first team, getting a run, developing his confidence, and also understanding how the team works, that we might have an exciting player there. We've got someone who can take a free kick. Oh! <laughs> but I think he's had a few personal issues, mm-hmm. obviously. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Never help. So, but, you know, <laughs> and this is the whole thing. If we can get that squad working and get it working well, there's no reason why next season we can't go on to win an FA Cup match. <laughs> Steady on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. We've only won one game. Right, we're going to have to wrap this up pretty sharply. Yeah. Um, so we're going to do ours end and then predictions in the same phase so I'm going to start should I start with you Chris because yeah. you seem quite keen by all means yeah um, I'm not getting my coat on uh, this time as I was last week I'm you were a bit off. quick at the door I you? was yeah children mate That's, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought it was your round yeah. <laughs> uh, right um, I'll make no comment on that Paul um, uh, yeah so I mean, just a quick reminder about the ti- Tiger Feet 8 the, um, uh, the walk to raise money for QPR's team for kids with Down syndrome uh, is taking place ahead of the Rotherham game. Uh, I, I, again, just the date escapes me. But yeah, if you if you Google Tiger Feet, you'll find the fundraising page, which is Virgin Giving or something like that. So if you'd like to pop a few quid, that's great. And the other thing um, was uh, on Saturday or Sunday, Lincoln equaled our record for the non-league club. Mm reaching the FA Cup quarters. Uh, we did it in 1914 when you were just a slip of a lad, Finney. That's uh, one all. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it feels like 1914 since we last won an FA Cup game, I know. But I, I just really wondered, was. I just wondered just to myself back then um, what the reaction would have been, whether it would have been, whether it would have been national press about it, whether it would have, would have been more of a frenzy. Or? To be fair, there were only two divisions in the league mm-hmm. then. Yeah, I suppose. And yeah. the quarterfinals mm-hmm. was, I think, just the fourth round. Right. Okay. So it, the good knowledge. Oh yes. Yeah. So it wasn't quite as as convoluted a procedure, I think, and quite so remarkable. Did, well, did we also beat the wonderfully named Crouchend Vampires in that run as well? <laughs> what? Go, I think we go, did. Staying with the uh, early twentieth century. I mean, nineteen oh eight. We played in the uh, first Charity Shield final, didn't we, against Man United? Yep. And I can never work out why was it? Why was that? Do you know, Paul? Jesus, <laughs> ask him. No, um, I, I, I don't. Yeah, we, we drew nil nil, I think, and then lost four nil in the replay. But I, I, I'm, I'm just puzzled as to what you threw that one on me, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you, you lot always make it sound like QPR never win silverware. QPR won the Dry World Cup this year or this season. Remember, and we will beating be... Watford in the team for in the competition for teams who wore Dry World kits. And I've got a feeling that will not happen again for some reason. <laughs> no, and, but if you if you just ignore the word dry, we are World Cup winners. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. yeah, well, there you go. Right, Michael, on to you for your RSN. Oh, sorry, uh, Michael, didn't do prediction. Well, um, you got to do Preston as well, quickly. Wigan and Preston. Okay, well, I, 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 went, I thought we'd beat Birmingham, but I said we'd lose 1 0, and that seemed to work. So I think we'll lose both 1 0, and hope we don't. Jeez, I like it. Reverse psychology from Mr. Charles. Well, my, my single amusing sum up thing I've just given away, which was the fact that the FA Cup. Um, had a quarterfinal at the fourth round and there were only two divisions in the league. Uh, so I will go straight on to the predictions. <laughs> Done, Chris. Um, Wigan, we are going to beat 2-1. Preston, it's going to be a one-all draw. Excellent. And thank you for coming in, by the way, Michael. It's a pleasure. And Tom, and what is your surname, Tom? Sorry. I, Hunter. Hunter. And you're Hunter Hoop on Love Forwards. I am, yeah. Because I feel r- really... My middle name's Tom, by the way. Excellent. <laughs> Thanks for that. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, what would you like to add to this evening's R's end? 
in terms of ours end, I think there's an interesting stat related to the FA Cup that Ooh. next year, um, if we fail to get past the third round again, and Plymouth do, we will. No. Um, we will become the team with the most third round knockouts or earlier in post-war mm. history of the FA Cup. Which means we're best at something. Yeah. Um, Every record something. But I do think there is a, a genuinely, you know, Connor reference there. And the thing I, I most want to reference is I think the role the fans have got to play at the minute in the direction the club's going in. You know, it sounds like there's a great team spirit. We've got a manager that most people like. We've got people that care about the club in those Fernand, Andy Sinton, Paul Furlong, Mark Birch, and loads of people around the club that are QPR. And yeah, we're not brilliant at the minute, but... You know, we're going to be supporting this club for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years for some people. Um, it's a long, long time. And it's not all about the next game. It's about the next three, five years. And I think if everyone can get behind what's happening at the minute, both in the ground and outside, I think everyone will enjoy being a QPR fan a bit more. Here, here. That was very profound. Yeah. Well You're not on again, ever. <laughs> we can't have someone coming here talking sense. It's ridiculous. No, and um, your predictions, please. Uh I'm gonna. I'm, we've got to win at home sooner or later. So I'm gonna say we're gonna we're gonna beat Wigan, and I'm gonna go the draw against Preston. They're a they're a difficult bunch, physical bunch to play against. Fair enough. Right. My hours end. I haven't even thought of. So I'm gonna do this on the hoof as usual. What have you got? Your usual three or four, or are you just gonna have one this time? And Chris Charles this evening has moved into David Fraser. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for coming along, David. At some point. Um, yeah. No, I'm just gonna do the one, and that is. Um, Chris, thank you for what you said about my mum when she wasn't too well a wee while ago. My mum's now at the hospital and she's now home and oh, hopefully on the road to recovery. Good, good. And I'd like to thank everyone on Twitter for all the nice messages. It really meant a lot and um, I get quite emotional for once in my life. So thank you all for that and she, hopefully she'll be, she'll be fine. Um, but my other R's end was, isn't it strange when your daughter makes you watch QPR sober? I mean, I didn't think you could watch QPR. No, seriously, I didn't think you could watch Ranger sober. But you can do it. So every one of you out there who thinks you can't do it, you can go the way match. You can watch us sober, and we win four one. Has your daughter been talking to my daughter? Because every home game, I'm, I meet Ted in the blue and white club, and if, if I have one pint, she's you're not having any more. You'll be drunk. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, I'm yeah. only allowed one. She knows you well, and also, by the way. Interest, you're into your stats, you're into your stats, you're into your stats. Dennis Bailey on the pitch at halftime on Saturday and we win 4-1 again. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> <laughs> my, my predictions of the mask of myself, I feel like a mask of myself as a third man, which I always hate people doing in interviews and things, is that we will beat Preston 3-1 tomorrow. Um, we're going to beat Preston tomorrow? Brilliant. Yeah. yeah. Well, but when well, we're, well we're playing Wigan. <laughs> That's me lost as a host forever again. <laughs> it's been nice hosting for you at the time. But no, we'll, we'll beat Wigan 3 1, and Will Gregg will not be on fire, but I think Freeman will be on fire. And on Saturday, we'll play Wigan now. Um, pre- <laughs> pressed it away. Do you know what I fancy is for a 2 0? I really do. I think we, we could be on a wee bit of a roll here. Oh, one good game and he goes <laughs> crazy. <laughs> Listen, one good game every few yeah. years. I'm, I'll take that. But I'll tell you one thing. Would, wouldn't it be brilliant if we did what Connor said about Barnsley? And get, can you imagine that again? Like, yeah. I mean, I do think we to get to 76 points, I think we have to win all but one of, uh, of, of our games. And 76, even that might not be enough. So I think it's highly unlikely. Do you know what I'm thinking? You know where the FA is quite, that old boys network? Mm. Could bribe a few. Yeah. Works for everyone else. <laughs> yeah. Right, this has been Open All Hours. Tom, thank you so much, Tom Hunter, for coming in. You've been brilliant. And please don't come back and talk sense. It just ruins the whole <laughs> podcast and people might think we're intelligent and we're not. Michael Han, brilliantly, as always. And good luck with your new career, whatever that may well be. Thank you very much. And um, hopefully, um, any good bands to look out for, by the way, with any QPR connections? Um, not with any QPR connections, as far as I know. What's the next big thing, then? 
What's a, a group I really like at the moment? They're called HMLTD, short for Happy Meal Limited, <laughs> um, who are at the Venn diagram intersection of absolutely terrible and completely amazing, which is often the most exciting place <laughs> of music. All they need is some songs. Um, I know that sounds like a stupid thing to say, that you you probably generally listen to bands for songs, but go and see them live. They're playing at the 100 Club at the start of March. It's like five David Bowies from 1972 at the front of the stage, running through every kind of underground music style of the last 40 years, often all in the same song, and they are breathlessly exciting. And when they learn to write songs, they will be truly amazing, rather than at the interface of amazing and terrible. Wow. I went to see Cabbage the other week, and they were great as well. Uh, I'm Cabbage. Well, I was unhappy with Cabbage, not for slagging off Murdoch and slagging off The Sun, but for doing that and then within a week appearing on Soccer AM. If you're going to say Murdoch is the enemy of the world, you've got to stand by your principles. You can't take the Murdoch shilling a week later. And this has been Open All Eyes. Thank you very much. And Rupert, please don't sue us. We don't like you anyway. Good night, everyone. Thank you. And come on, you Rs. UPR. UPR. Yeah.